Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, bitches. Blog Talk Radio. Hold air, bitches. I have a... I have returned to the land of the I have returned to the land of the I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. Every dead body becomes one of them. Becomes one of them. The people it kills get up and kill. The people get up and kill. Alrighty guys, welcome to the October 23rd edition of Rubber Guard Radio. What's going on, guy? Uh, nothing much, man. It's been uh, kind of crazy. You heard about all the uh, the fires that are going on in Southern California? No, no, I haven't. There's a lot of there's a lot of brush fires uh, going on here, and uh, my work actually had to evacuate the building uh, because, you know, the fire department called and said everyone should leave. Wow, really? That's insane. Unfortunately, it was like right when I was off anyway, so I didn't get to miss any time, you know, that I would have normally worked, but it was still uh, pretty crazy. Damn. All right, well, this is the October 23rd episode of Rubber Guard Radio. This uh, episode is brought to us by our sponsor, IVP Videos, www.com ivpvideos.com check them out 299 single disc 599 double disc for all your Puracel, uh lucha libre some mma some um, old rings a um, bunch of different stuff uh new japan classics I saw, some, I, uh, saw some, I saw some bruiser brody uh, compilations on there too yeah some good stuff um Definitely. if if you like the lucha resto style um i would check out the 12 disc best of Mitchum. Ah, best of Michinuku Pro. That's good stuff. Um, guy, this week we're going to be joined by Texas independent worker David Fuller. We're going to keep Tayfabe alive, so we're going to call him by his working name. But, uh, yeah, he's an indie worker from Texas. He's a friend of mine. Uh, this should be a pretty interesting interview. Um, I do have uh, Mr. Fuller on hold, so we're going to bring Dave in real quick. David, how you doing, brother? Pretty good. How about you? Not bad. Welcome to Rebel Guard Radio. Thank I'm you, on man. the line here with my my uh, cohort and crime guy. Say what's up, guy? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Doing all right. Oh, Thank man. you for asking. All right. How's the How's the weather out there in Fort Worth? Oh, well, right now we're going through a little bit of a cold spell. It's kind of nice, though. We we don't get that too much, so we're we're uh, we're grasping it. We're enjoying it very much, though. Lucky you, assholes. <laughs> It's fucking pushing 90 up here in Northern California, and, and obviously it's smoking down there in L.A., too. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, we know that you're an independent worker from Texas. Yes. How'd you break in? Well, I broke in in 1998. I started going to a uh, wrestling school ran by the late, great Johnny Ballantyne. And um, he was paralyzed, of course, from the waist down, but he ran a little wrestling school down here in Fort Worth along with Scott Putsky, uh, son of Ivan Putsky, and some others. Um, at the same time, me, my brother-in-law, Chris Wolf, and a friend of ours, uh, Brawls Ryder, um, using their work names, of course, <laughs> uh, were doing a little backyard federation. We always wanted to... Uh, we always wanted to, to, to do our own thing. We'd always imitated what we saw on television, and around that time, uh, ECW, WWE, and WCW were the, the elite promotions. So we'd always go in the backyard and, and pretend like we were them and do the mark moves and all this. 
So one day we're sitting around the backyard and we're like, you know, we we need to come up with our own thing. And ECW was really popular at the time, and so we decided to call ourselves IHW Insane Hardcore Wrestling. And we all came up with different gimmicks for ourselves. So we would do shows. No one would watch, of course. We had no fans. And we would all have four or five gimmicks. And we'd do these shows, and it was just fun. And at the same time, I was going to Johnny's school, and he was telling me how to break into the business. It was a real culture clash, because Johnny was totally against coming off the top rope, uh, theatrics of any kind, um, and certainly, certainly against anything remotely related to hardcore wrestling. So that's how I really broke into the business. I was doing IHW and at the same time going through his school. That's cool. That's cool. So uh, when you were first breaking in, uh, were there any notable workers that you know that you worked with? Scott Putsky and uh, Scott Putsky was really my first really big name because he had just come off a run with WWE, a very small one in 1997. Uh, so then we started going to the NWA Southwest shows here in Texas. There was only one promotion here in Texas. Now there's like 50. But at the time, there was only one, and it was ran by a gentleman by the name of Ken Taylor. He's a promoter of NWA Southwest, and he had just started running shows here. So his first really big show in, in Dallas was Rugged Rod Price, the NWA Texas heavyweight champion, against Dan the Beast Severn, the NWA world champion. So we were all excited. We, we, you know, Dan Severn, everybody knew who Dan Severn was. So we were marking out. We were like, we're going to go watch Dan Severn. I remember the first night there we went, and we're sitting there watching the show, and uh, a guy by the name of Rodney Beno comes out, Red Dog. And I remember he comes out, and a lady, two rows sitting back named Jasmine. And so we're sitting there watching these guys. We don't know anything about these guys. Rodney comes in the ring, starts talking on the mic. A few minutes later, Scott Putsky, who had just signed with WCW, runs in, pins the guy in 30 seconds. So we thought, okay, this guy's a total spare. <laughs> Little did we know later on, Rodney would w- w- go on to become Rodney Mack, and Jasmine would later become Jazz. So uh, at first, we were hanging out. We really got close with them, too. They really were just two really good people. They were driving here from Louisiana. Um, them, I'm trying to think of it. And at the same time as them, we started Brian Kendrick, was also starting down here in North Texas. And Brian Kendrick also was hanging out with us. So right then and there, we're hanging out with two former WWE stars and the guy who's on Monday Night Raw every week, and, you know, we didn't even know it. So that was kind of cool. You know, at the time, little did we know what success was awaiting them. That's cool. Cool. Any questions there, guys? Yeah, actually, uh, was uh, when you were training with Johnny Valentine, were there any particular wrestlers or people that he said that you guys should study or watch or, or try to learn from? Um, Johnny, Johnny, really, I don't... Johnny, um, I'm trying to, I don't want to say anything bad. Johnny was, uh, Johnny was the kind of guy, if he didn't like you, he didn't talk to you. It took a while for Johnny to warm up to me. I remember one time, Johnny would always talk to me. He never really told me to go out and watch a certain wrestler. He couldn't stand Ric Flair. He couldn't really stand anybody in, the orga- in any organization at the time. He always told me, and I remember once, I went out and I found a DVD with one of his matches on it. And I was so excited. I ran home, and I called him, and I went over to his house, and I said, Johnny, I got this match with you and uh, Argentina Rocca. And I put it in, and within two minutes, Johnny said, turn that shit off. That was one of my worst matches. And I said, okay. And he, he just... He just he talked. He would talk to me about how a match should be done. He never could show me because he's paralyzed, but he always talked to me. And I remember one time, he was, <laughs> it's funny, this guy's paralyzed, but he's still strong as an ox. So one time, he he, he was, everybody in the class, he said, okay, I'm going to show you how to do a forearm to the back. So there's two guys in front of me. These guys are 245 pounds. Guys, I'm only 5'7", 125 pounds. Don't ask me how I've been a wrestler for 10 years. But nonetheless, and I'm a lot sm- I was a little smaller then than I am now. So he's just clubbing these guys. And these guys are holding back the tears. 
And I'd be sitting there going, oh, great, I'm next. He's going to kill me. And it hurt, but, you know, I, I just took it in stride. I had a big red mark on my back for a week, and at the same time I was kind of marking out. I was like, Johnny Ballantyne hit me. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, I guess the one guy he he, re- he said he still enjoyed watching, and rightfully so, was his son, Greg Ballantyne. But, uh, cool. you know, he, he really just didn't really put anybody over that I could actually study. Because all of his friends, I guess, had already passed away. You know, with that, that <clears throat> Jelly Valentine saying that, you know, turn that shit off, turn that shit off, I can understand why. Um, I've seen quite a bit of Johnny Valentine footage, and the TV stuff really isn't that good, because it takes Johnny 20 minutes to get going. Exactly. That, that's, that's the, I think that's the point he was trying to make. He always, he always he always told me Matt he always told me he said he said it doesn't you, if you wrestle like this you can wrestle for an hour and the only thing was and I never never ever said anything negative to him but when when it was all said and done it was 1998 an hour max their way his way was just not happening anymore. So, yeah, there weren't a lot of those going on. I know, and, and I hated that. I, I never could tell him that because it'd break his heart. But, you know, I always took what he said in stride. And in the end, I had to make a decision to continue with him or run the IHW. And I chose to run the IHW. I never forgave myself for that. Uh, he hurt himself again in October of 2000. He re-broke his back. He ended up in the hospital up here in Fort Worth, and I remember his wife had called me and asked me to please come up and see him. He's not going to make it. I was scared to death to see him because, you know, I'd made a decision, and I didn't know if he hated me. And I went up to the hospital, and he wrapped his arms around me and hugged me and said that he loved me. And I said, I love you too. Thank you for everything you've ever done for me. You believed in me because he always told me I could do, I could be a worker. I just had to work hard. I said, well, I'm too small. He said, that shit don't matter. Just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, so right up until he died, you know, we were cool, and then he passed away. And me and my father had the, I don't know if it's an honor to speak at his funeral. You know, it's never an honor to speak at somebody's funeral, but at the same time, it was nicer than to ask us. So I always always keep Johnny in, in my heart because he actually looked at me and said, you could be a wrestler when everybody else said, you ain't got a chance, kid. That's great. Cool. That's, great. That's a pretty cool story. That's Absolutely. a pretty cool story. So, okay, in in the Texas Indies that, that you've worked, I know that you've worked with Jazz, the the former. I'm not even going to call her a diva because that girl can work. She is a worker. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, how stiff is she? You know, Matt, it's funny. The first time I wrestled her, it was in 1999 in Houston, Texas, in a show called MSPW, and it was a big show. It was going right up against the horrible, legendary WrestleCrap pay-per-view, The Heroes of Wrestling. And it was going up against the same time. So we were booked in Houston, and listen to the names on this show. Reckless Youth. Mike Quackenbush, Don Montoya, Jazz, New Jack, Ray Mysterio Sr., Hysteria, Venom Black, Necro Butcher, Joey Corman, Samir, all of them at that, Madman Pondo were all convened at that wrestling show. What did they draw? Now, here's the funny part. Number one, in Texas, to draw, you actually have to get out and promote. And in 99, the Internet was nowhere as it is today. These guys didn't promote. They thought they could put... Reckless Youth's name on a poster, and everyone would know who he is. No one knows who the hell Reckless Youth is down here in Texas. He works up in New York. They drew 30 people. God, with that lineup? With that lineup, they drew 30 people because I told them, even as green as I was, I said, you could have Hulk Hogan here. If no one knows about it, no one's coming to your show. Well, you mentioned Necro. Yes. Talk about your relationship with um, Mr. Butcher. <laughs> Mr. Butcher and I uh, began our relationship in January of 1999. IHW had started, we got a ring, we got a real ring, we got the 
check this out. This is what's really cool. We got the old world-class championship wrestling ring in this guy's backyard. So we're marking out for that. So we got this ring, and now we're starting to book the NWA guys. Red Dog, Jazz, Spanky, Brian Kendrick came and all did shows for it. So it's funny. Brian Kendrick made a decision to leave North Texas and go train with Shawn Michaels. Good decision because look where he's at now. Rodney and Jazz went to ECW. Now I've got, okay, I had these three big talents. Now they're gone. Now this guy Necro Butcher calls me up on the phone. He says, uh, yeah, uh, want to come down and uh, work for IHW. I said, well, who the hell are you? He said, well, uh, uh, my name is, yeah, yeah, uh, Necro Butcher. I work down here in East Texas. I said, I've never heard of you. He said, well, yeah, I'd really like to come work for you. He said, I won't charge anything. I said, okay. I said, all right, I got a show coming up in January. Come work it. He said, I do a hardcore gimmick. I said, we're IHW. We're in St. Harker Wrestling. Come on up. So about a week before, I would get I would get uh, four or five videotapes a week. I just couldn't believe that these guys were marking out to work for a promotion in a backyard. But we just had a lot of heat. It was us and the NWA, and that was it. And we had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, attention, so people wanted to come work. So nonetheless, so we got we we come to the show in January. It's muddy as hell. We had to go get the ring and bring it back and set it up. It's muddy. It's raining. The Fort Worth Star-Telegram, the local paper here, has come to the show to do a story on us. And out, we're sitting there getting ready for the show. I'm sitting there going over the matches with everybody because I, I was actually the head booker and a performer. And out gets this guy out of his car, and he's got face paint on, and he's about fucking 6'6". Six, six. And uh, he gets out of his car, and he comes in, and he's got this barbed wire bat, and he's got this trash bag full of gimmicks, and... He comes up, he says, I'm Necro Butcher, nice to meet you. I said, I'm David Farmer, nice to meet you. So <laughs> the guy he's working is a guy named by the name of Damon Richards, a guy I broke in. So he came to me, he's like, what do you know about this guy? I said, not much. <laughs> he's like, I'm working him in a hardcore match. I'm like, sorry, buddy, it's professional wrestling. What do you want me to do? And he, he said, he's, he's putting you over, dude. He's not coming in here and beating one of my guys this first match. He's going to put you over, so just chill. All right, all right. If you say it's cool, it's cool. I said, dude, it's cool. This so he gets in the ring and he necro beats the shit out of Damon Richards, just beats the dog shit out of him. And I'm marking out. I'm like, okay, this is cool. We could do this. All of a sudden, he busts out a light bulb. I said, what the hell is he gonna do with that? He breaks it over his back, and I shit you not, and there's a DVD floating around out there that originally came from me. Now it's everywhere. There's a DVD floating out there with his this match on it. He takes the light bulb, the broken half of the light bulb. And he sticks it in the head of Damon Richards and cuts him open. And I'm going, oh, my God, the four-star telegraph's here. We're going to end up in jail. <laughs> so, so the match, the fans loved the match. And as soon as Necro Butcher walked to the back, I said, dude, you're my, you're my top draw. You're, you're the star now. You're the star of the show. So, um... He just became my guy. He was just—he's cool as hell. We have a—we have a real close relationship. Um, we and he started—he was running his own shows down in East Texas. He would bring me down and my boys down, and I've got so many stories. I mean, if if, if do you, would you like me to tell a couple? Absolutely. Okay, Matt, you up? Yep. <laughs> All right. So anyway, there's one story that comes to mind. It's May of 1999. We're doing a show here in Plano, Texas for an organization called TCW. Well, TCW is now XCW. But this is back when they were called TCW. Um, so there's this battle royal with all these preliminary guys in it. I was just breaking in, so they put me in there. So Dylan Necro wants to get in the match. Necro comes back and says, I want to be in the match. I want to be in the battle royal. Like, all right. So we do the battle roll, everybody's in there. All of a sudden, Dil, uh, Necro comes in the ring, and he's got this chair. He starts swinging like crazy. Didn't tell anybody beforehand, oh, I'm going to hit you with a chair. He just started swinging. I've never seen so many grown men run before in my life. There were guys jumping over the top rope. There was one guy that was supposed to go over that was about to jump over the top rope. And I'm like, dude, you're, I'm telling him, dude, you're going over. He's still jumping over, trying to jump over top rope. 
So finally, Necro eliminates himself and gets out on the floor. So I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, I'm safe now. And we're friends, by the way. But anyway, I get thrown over the top. I turn around, and I see a black metal chair coming at my head at rapid speed. What? I go down like a ton of bricks. Fans are marking out. It takes me five minutes to get up. People are like, oh, you sell real good. <laughs> yeah, okay. It took me five minutes to get up. I get to the locker room. He puts his arm around me. He goes, I like you, kid. I'll do anything for you. You took a chair shot. You weren't a pussy about it. You didn't put up your hands. You took it. I got your back any time, man. <laughs> I, and after that, we were boys. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think. I was on the phone with my brother-in-law before I got on the show. I asked him, I said, well, what should I say? And he was, there was this one time, uh, we were, Necro was here hanging out with us, and we were watching a movie, and this may sound a little, you know, weird, but we're, uh, Necro, have any of you guys ever hung out with Necro personally? Have y'all ever met him? Well, I know some, you know, I've had friends that have hung out with him before, well, you know. Necro, Necro, he does his own thing, and he he's just he's stubborn, and what he does does. So he's he's um, I'm not gonna say he's a pig or he's not real hygienic, but nonetheless, we're watching a movie, and he's got all these green shorts, these just ugly, ugh, green shorts. So we're watching the movie. Um, the movie was called Thursday with Thomas Jane and Aaron Eckhart. So we're watching the movie, and they're marking out. And I look up, and I just turn, I turn the head, I turn my head to look at something. All of a sudden, I see Necro's uh, male productive organ hanging out of his shorts. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to be PC here. Um, I see it hanging out of his shorts, and I kind of nudge my friend. I'm like, dude, look! And he looks over, he's like, oh! So then I get my brother-in-law's attention, I'm like, Dude, he's across the room. I'm like, dude, his thing's hanging out of his shorts. Necro has no idea. He's falling asleep. So we're laughing hysterically. So finally, finally Necro, he he wakes up and he's like, what what the hell are you laughing at? And he looked down and it's completely out of his shorts at this point. It's on his leg. I'm like, dude. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm like, uh, let me see. There's a, there's a. <laughs> we used to, the, when he lived down here. Uh, we, he lived down here. He lived down here with his wife. Oh, uh, He lived down here with his wife, and he lived down here with his kids, and um, so he had a little trailer in Colleen, Texas. So. Uh, his wife was gone for the weekend, and the kids were gone. So he called us down there. He said, come on down here, motherfuckers. Let's play video games. So we drove down to Colleen. It's about three hours. So we drove down to Colleen. We stayed up all night. We went to Denny's, and I forgot what he ordered, but I was bitching because it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and they wouldn't serve me a 299 Grand Slam. I was like, it's on the poster, 299. They're like, it's, it's 2 a.m. I said, it's the morning. Why can't I get a 299 Grand Slam? I was about to go Jim Cornette on the like uh, Cornette and Legend Terry could have man. There's no reason not to serve that at that time in the morning. So, so I'm like 299. Just so I ended up having to pay six dollars for a, a a meal I could have got if I came at nine o'clock in the morning like a normal person. So I was pretty pissed about that. I remember he made a big deal about that. He said, "Ah, you had to pay five dollars for breakfast." Ha 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 ha. So. He's laughing about that. Then he said, let's go to Walmart. I'm like, why are we going to Walmart? i got to get milk and apple pie. <laughs> I'm like, Necro, milk and apple He said, yeah, 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 come on, come on, come on. The most manipulative man ever. This fool could convince you to do anything. It could be the most repulsive thing. You could. He, he convinced you. He convinced you it's a good idea. So he's like, let's go. So he took us all to Walmart, and we're walking through Walmart, and he gets this big freaking apple pie, and he gets this big jug of milk. The only food he had in his damn house was apple pie and a jug of milk. Went back to his house. We stayed up all night playing Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 on Nintendo 64. <laughs> so, here's, wow, that's good stuff, dude. Here's the, funny, here's the funny part. One of our friends, Balls Rider, fell asleep on the couch. 
This oh, bull, boy. this bull had an annoying habit. He would snore, and he was he had a he has a big face, so he would snore. <laughs> this bull was dead asleep, but his mouth hanging open. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm like Necro, check it out, man. His mouth hanging open. So, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you exactly what he told me, and I do apologize in advance. I said somebody should do something. He he goes. I dare to stick your dick in his mouth. <laughs> and I, I said, I'm not doing it. But I, I remember I got my wallet out really quick. I'm going through my wallet, and I'm seeing how much cash I have on me. I said, dude, I will give you every dollar bill in my wallet to do it right now. <laughs> I said, number one, I want to see his reaction. Number two, I want to see him get pissed and try to kick your ass out. <laughs> so, uh, nonetheless, he chose not to do it. So he was too busy playing virtual pro wrestling. So wow, that's a couple well, of necro stories. Cool, that was pretty good. Uh, we're gonna take a little break here. I need to pay the bills real quick. Okie dokie. Alrighty. Well, our sponsor for the show is IVPVideos.com. www.ivpvideos.com. All the puro lucha, uh, some MMA, older stuff. A uh, bunch of Japanese stuff. Check them out. www.ivpvideos.com. Well, there you go. I paid the bill. <laughs> Any questions on you guys? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was wondering. Uh, as uh, I, I heard Hernandez uh, was down, or maybe started out around your area. Did you ever work with him? Yes. Um, I call him. I call him Sean. He's Sean Hernandez. Hot stuff Hernandez. I call him Sean. He uh, he started down here in Houston. He was actually trained, brought into the business by Tugboat Thomas. No, Tugboat Taylor. I'm sorry. Chaz's Thomas, dad, Thomas right? was the guy that worked in WWE. Uh, Tugboat Taylor. Uh, father. Uh, Chaz Warrington? Father of Chaz Taylor. Chaz Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Chaz Taylor. The skinny guy from uh, Global, right? Exactly. So, he was brought in by him, but he, he really got his big break in Texas All-Star Wrestling, uh, an organization down in Humble, Texas, Houston been around for about 10, 15 years now, ran by a guy named Bob Murphy. Uh, so anyway, so once Necro went down there, Necro started. I remember uh, I first met Hernandez, and I was intimidated. There's certain guys that intimidate you. He's fucking huge. Yeah. He, he, he's fucking huge. He was, he's one guy that I would like in a dark alley, in an alley fight with me. Definitely. Right behind me. Definitely. I would talk shit to anybody except for New Jack with that guy behind <laughs> Definitely. Um... So uh, I remember uh, the NWA organization who we were feuding with at the time because we were two rival companies uh, were bringing them up to uh, a match. And ECW, ECW had just come through Dallas at the Bronco Bowl to do a show, to do their first show in Dallas. And I remember Jazz, who called me up the night before, and she goes, Fuller, how many tickets do you want for ECW? And I said, well, how many can I get? She goes, you can get as many as you want. I said, it's that easy? She goes, <laughs> she goes well, don't ask for 100. I said, well, I got asked for 100. She goes, well, how many do you want? I said, well, give me three tickets. So she said, okay, you got three tickets. So she goes to the box office and asked for, say, give me your ticket. I said, okay. So we went to the ECW show, and I remember at first Sean Hernandez was there with another guy by the name of Big Dick Daddy, who was a worker down from Houston, too. So that was my first time meeting Sean. And uh, Sean is really cool. Here's the thing with Sean. If he, if you don't, if he doesn't respect you, and you know it right off the bat. And he, I was just scared to death because the way I broke in and my size do not paint a pretty picture uh, to some of the guys around here. And they just don't think I belong. For a number of years, they didn't think I belong. But Sean took me in. We used to, after the NWA Southwest location was located right next to a Hooters. Guys, we spent hour after hour in that Hooters after the NWA shows with Rodney Mack, Hotsa Fernandez. Necro Butcher, all the just a good drinking our asses off. We take up four freaking tables. We'd stay oh, we'd stay there until that place closed down. They were chasing the women, and we just had a blast. So yes, I did work with Hot Stuff. Still a pretty good friend today. Cool guy. Can't say enough good things about him. One of the most underrated workers I think in the United States today. Yeah, no, he's been awesome. I mean, he can do dives. He can do. You know, big move. I mean, he's, you know, he's he's really good. I think him and Homicide have the. I think him and Homicide are the best tag team. 
I would easily say they're they're easily a tag team that could compete with anybody in the WWE right now. I how agree. good they I, are I and their gimmick they, and stuff. I think they could be much bigger than they are. They should be. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to have to say that LAX would be, I would say, one of the top five tag teams in the world. Definitely. In the world. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. No Definitely. doubt. And they can um, be. They can be. I don't want to, you know, I know this, I don't want to go off on an organization that's certainly in much higher spirits than I am, but it's just, look at the, Look at the television ratings, look at the TV ratings, look at the merchandise, look at the people, watch the people. If people would actually watch their show for a change and not watch it to mark out, that, that I, I get so mad. These organizations around here, they're like, we're on TV. I'm like, the same people who watch your show are the same people that are on it. <laughs> Nobody watches your show. You don't watch your show because if you did, you see what's wrong with it and more people would watch your show. All right, Dave, an- answer this. Honestly, do you think that LAX has been buried by by the booking committee from TNA for the sins of Conan? I don't know if it's so much with the sins of Conan. I think that has something to do with it because ever since the Benoit tragedy, Conan has just gone off. And I feel sorry for the guy. He had a kidney replacement. And he didn't have insurance, which no wrestlers do. He didn't have an organization behind him to pay for it like a Vince McMahon would. And I'm not praising Vince McMahon at all. But... Well, Vince does business that way. Right. He takes care of his own. Right. You can say whatever you want about the man, but he does take care of his own. Exactly. I mean, I know, you know, and you can read about when somebody gets hurt, but I know when Rodney and Jazz, when they got hurt, I would call them and they tell me, he's he's taking care of us. So, I mean, you know, uh, Dixie Carter wouldn't. And I think, man, when LAX first came on the scene, they were so hot. They were in that angle with Styles and Daniels. They had oh, the match geez. of the year last year with the Ultimate X. They had another killer match in the Steel Cage or Bound for Glory. They had the hottest feud, and the next thing you know, they're feuding with AMW, and they had a stinker. And then after that, Conan left due to his medical issues, and, and then Conan went on this media tirade bashing professional wrestling, which... You can say what you want to about professional wrestling. It's not perfect like any other endeavor. You made your living in professional wrestling. How dare you go on the TV and just just say, oh, well, there's so many screwed-up things for professional wrestling. Really? But tomorrow, if Vince McMahon called you and offered you a job, you'd go back, Max Moon, and give me a break. <laughs> give me a break, no? I think LAX... And, and just now, just just now, LAX is starting to get more recognition because they don't need Conan. Conan helped, but they don't need him. Homicide had how many five-star matches up in Ring of Honor even before he came down to TNA? Hot Stuff is a big man who can do things a cruiserweight can't do. They had one of the best matches and not the best match last Sunday at Bound for Glory. So I think they are starting to get... I think a lot of guys are getting buried in TNA. I just... I think it's just a good old boy network. I think it's signs of WCW again. I mean, give me a break. How Pac-Man Jones never took one bump in TNA and got more more TV time devoted to him than. And, and if, if I'm Sting, if I'm Sting, and I still care about the my character, I won the heavyweight championship last year for one month. I put over Pac-Man Jones. He never took one bump. He pinned me at the last pay-per-view. And now I'm world champion for a week? Hmm. What's the deal? Joke. <laughs> well, he's making a lot of money. So just, yeah, that's true. And he probably just doesn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> he's not a Hogan. He's he's where, you know, Hogan live or dies by every match he has and he has to win. Yeah, well, we, you saw those, uh, those vignettes with Alex Shelley going to his house, you know, a year and a half ago. Right. He's got a, he's got a ton of money. He's got a nice house. He's got his family. Right. If he's not craving the pop, I mean, why bother, you know? That's true. But I he does, he does, I think he does pretty, you know, he does all right. I mean, he, he tries. He's not just phoning it in. I'll say that. It's amazing. It's it's amazing. Sting's like Mystique. Is a, he's, he's never been the guy to go home about. I mean, he's had good matches with Flair. He's had good matches with certain guys. But, you know, when, when you're going down the great workers or the great draws, Things never mentioned. 
at the same time, when he's on, you feel that you feel that big match feeling. Yeah, no, absolutely. A lot of a lot of people don't mention him, but uh, but when it comes down to it, I mean, there. I mean, he's a lot had a lot of great matches. I mean, you know, Ric Flair, you know, Vader, Great Muda, mm-hmm. Cactus Jack. I mean, yeah, but look, look who Sting was in there with. Look who he was in there with. True. Okay, you know, those I, are four. I, I, those are four of the best workers ever. Okay, Vader was great in the mid nineties. He was a great well, Cactus is Cactus. Right. You know what you're going to get with him. Flair is arguably the greatest wrestler ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, and the the matches he had with Rude, that was good stuff. Absolutely. So I think I think I think Sting was is as good as whomever he was in the ring with. So I don't I don't see him as a as a uh, you know an observer Hall of Famer. I don't see it. He right. was on the ballot this year. He got, you know, a handful of votes. He's nothing special. He didn't really draw money. Right. Well, I don't know. I, but I guess, you know, he draws that, you know, point point nine rating or whatever it is for TNA. No, he's done some good stuff. I mean, I, I always liked him when I was younger, but, I mean, he's cool. He, I mean, bottom line, you got to say, I mean, he made a ton of money and he's set for the rest of his life. I mean... You, you know that I mean there aren't that many people in this industry that can say that. So. Well, he was smart with his money. You know, he invested with Luger with the gyms and whatnot. So you know, it's not like he's really hurting for money. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Well, the, as, TNA, um, the TNA the TNA work schedule is just really hard to pass up. He do, he doesn't do any house shows. He works um, uh, sometimes twice a week now with the Monday and Tuesday night tapings. If they do a pay per view, he may work three times a week. I mean, it's. The TNA work schedule—you'd be an idiot if you bitched about it. <laughs> oh shit! <clears throat> okay. Well, we're gonna take a little break. I'm going to play a little ad here for my buddy Carl Stern. So hold on, just a second, guys. Yes, sir. So if you hate the stuff today but love the old stuff, the Carl Stern shows are for you. CarlStern.com. And guess what, Fetzo? I'm the world champion. Runs down the history of wrestling. CarlStern.com. Now, for a lot of you people out there, that's a real hard neck to swallow. Talks about stuff largely that happened before 1989. And the whole goddamn world goes for the Carl Stern Show, carlstern.com. So if you hate the stuff today but love the old stuff, the Carl Stern Shows are for you. carlstern.com. You do want all the money, you want all the glory, you want to fly first class, you want to walk around with someone like her, you don't deserve it. Woo! Yes, you can catch the Carl Stern Audio Show at www.f4wonline.com. Uh, I would definitely check them out. Carl Stern is he's a wrestling historian. He knows his shit. Uh, you can also check out his personal website, www.carlstern.com. I got the plugs out of the way. Um, I am going to go downstairs and violate the Rebel Guard Radio wellness policy. Guy, I'll be back in five. Do you think you can handle it? Oh, absolutely. Have fun, boys. I'm going to go burn one, and I'll be thinking of you, Dave. Thank you, sir. Let me, let me ask you, Dave... Uh... Are you watching a lot of the the current wrestling that's going on? Oh yes, sir. I really, I'm, I'm never. A lot of the guys don't. I stay in tune. I watch. Uh, I, TiVo to me is the greatest invention ever because I can record. I watch. I try to watch Monday Night Raw every Monday live. ECW is. I TiVo it. SmackDown. I TiVo it. I TiVo Impact, and that's pretty much. And I I'll catch an occasional Ring of Honor show online, and that's pretty much all I watch. Yeah, I got to say, I, I'm still rocking the VCR, man. I still got my VCR. I still got my VCR tapes, and I record it just straight off TV. Oh, sweet. Well, hey, man, everyone's got their own system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I think it works well, man, for sure. That's awesome. But um, let me ask you, is there is there anything going on in the uh, in the current wrestling scene anywhere that uh, that's got really got your interest? You know, what's your name again, sir? Guy. Sky, um, I, I try to find the positive. When everyone's bashing uh, WWE or TNA, I really try to really try to find one thing off the show that I can enjoy. Uh, right now, 
Shawn Michaels coming back, I think, is a is a, is a godsend. Uh, Shawn Michaels, like him or hate him, no matter his attitude, is one of the most underrated workers of all time. I think he's right up there with Ric Flair as the greatest of all time. His ability to have a good, has done a lot of great stuff. No his, his ability to have a great match with anyone has put him up there with Ric Flair. I mean, Shawn Michaels got a good match out of Kevin Nash, not just a good match, a four star match. No, I remember. Are you talking about the uh, the uh, good, friends, good better friends, better enemies? Better enemies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, man. That was that awesome. Was, that was a great match. Uh, Cena being gone, I really think hurts the product. I think Cena's awesome. I think Cena can. The thing about Cena is a lot of people like to complain about him and say, well, he can't do this, he can't do that, he can't... Look at what he can do. He can he can, he can, he can talk, and, and that's what's missing nowadays is you don't have too many good talkers. I, I agree. I think he gets a lot of lame lines, but he, ma- he makes it work, and I mean, bottom line, when the chips are down, John Cena usually has a great match. You know, exactly. Whatever. I, I got to say that. I mean, he... He works hard, and he, in the end, he pulls it out, you know? Uh, and, you know, I, I appreciate everyone that goes out there and tries, you know. Um, Saturday night, um, by Convention Rob, I did a wrestling show Saturday night here in Fort Worth at a haunted house. It was called Texas Scaregrounds. That's cool, man. And we drew about 500 people, and it was a, it was a show that lasted a long time. It started at 8, and I was in the main event. Um, I have a program going down there with the heavyweight champion. His name is Texas Red. Great guy. This guy's six six, almost three hundred pounds. So we went ahead and set up a hardcore match in the main event. And uh, so usually how they let these things go down here is they pretty much let me pretty much book the match. You know, I'll do what whatever promoter wants. I'll take it and then I'll make it into a match. I'm kind of my own road agent because I've promoted my own shows. I booked my own shows for years, so I kind of know what I'm doing. So. Uh, we went ahead. It was it was twelve midnight by the time the main event started. Wow. There wasn't too many people left. There were still a few out there. There wasn't too many people left. But I made sure when I went out there that it doesn't matter how many people were there. I didn't make a dime. It was all for charity. And I went out there and bled a bucket and just gave it all that I could for the ten people that were there. Ten, fifteen, twenty. You know, there was a lot of people there when we first started. There wasn't as many people when we ended. But as, as long as there's people there, if there's one child sitting there, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make sure that when he leaves, my goal every night when I work is, and it's, and uh, I want to give that kid something to talk about the next day at school. And uh, here, I, I want to ask you, are there any uh, particular wrestlers that came from the state of Texas that you're really into or that, uh, you know, just all around people that you've... Uh, that you've respected and tried to learn from? Um, Rodney Mack sat me down once, and I remember Rodney Mack said, I want to teach you psychology. So he took me in his house. He drank a beer. We watched a tape. I forget of who. Rodney Mack taught me how to work just right there. I had been working for years, but I did, or a couple years, and I, I just didn't get it. I just did moves. You know, moves didn't make any sense. He said, you don't do that. Every match, you got to do it like this. Every match has psychology. Watch, just listen to me. Do it like this. When you start a match, you start it off hot and heavy. Then you slow it down. And when you're the heel, you do this. And when you're the face, you do this. And then when you go into the finish, you do this. And from that day forward, I made sure that every match I did had that in it. And I remember... I wrestled Jazz again in 2006 here in Fort Worth. She came back down. And I remember it was my my night to... The match in Houston wasn't that great. It was my first broke in. It wasn't that good. So this time around, I made sure that this match was going to be good. And we did the match. We had so much crowd heat, Sky. It was unbelievable. I remember we sat there, and, and she posed, and then I posed. And then she posed, and then I posed. And the crowd would just go, yay, boo, yay, boo. We killed three or four minutes just doing that. And we got in the ring, and she literally, I figuratively in front of the audience, she kicked my ass, which is what the people wanted to see. I got one move off. Didn't care. Didn't That didn't, didn't matter. As long as she went over and looked good, that's what the fans paid to see. I remember coming back and them telling me, 
Rodney's just telling me, dude, you, dude, you're, you're ten times the worker you were when I first saw you. And I said, dude, it's you. You taught me. You know, and I try to watch. I'm a big fan of. Uh, I like. Uh, I like JBL. That's one of my favorites. And I just it hurts me that he's an announcer now. But uh, he's he's I like the Million Dollar Man. Is just my my, my all time favorite is the Million Dollar Man. And I think if you want to learn something, I, Steamboat's the man. Andre the Giant's the reason I started watching wrestling. Right on. I remember I saw him and I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. What's he doing? Is he he's a wrestler? I gotta watch. <laughs> so if Andre, I don't know if I would have got into wrestling if it wasn't for Andre the Giant. I always give Andre that credit, and you know I don't how, think Andre. How, gets, how old were you when you first started watching wrestling? Five. And ever since then, it's just been second nature. When I was when I'm going through school and I'm depressed, wrestling always you know, and wrestling wasn't cool back then. How old are you? I'm 27. You're 27. I'm 26. So when we're growing up and we're watching wrestling in middle school, it's not cool. Yeah, like 94, 95. Yeah, you couldn't even admit you were a wrestling fan because you would have got beat up. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I didn't uh, know too many people who liked wrestling, that's for sure. Yeah. But when Austin came along, everybody started watching it. So Absolutely. I, can, I, I still know people who remember all that stuff and... And those Stone Cold and all those people—it's uh, it's definitely faded off, though. It's not to that level anymore, unfortunately. No, definitely not. But you know, I'm I'm so proud that I've been able to call myself a professional wrestler because I've done so many things, I've gone to so many places, and met so many people that I never would have got to meet unless I got into this business. So when uh. It's just been a dream, man. Been a dream come true for the last ten years. Yeah, but anybody can do it. Anybody, if you have that dream. I mean, Dave, you know. I mean, you're what five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. Pretty much. You know, if you love this business, there will be a home for you somewhere, somehow, some way. Right. Either ring announcing, ringing the fucking bell, being a referee, manager, worker, cameraman, you know, podcast host, you know. We, we love the business. Exactly. I mean, I, I've, I've honestly, I've fallen out of love of the business, considering the garbage that's on now. Right. But if it weren't for my DVD collection, I'd go out of my fucking mind. Exactly. Let you me, know. Let me ask you, KZ, what's the uh, the last wrestling thing you watched? I watched, actually, I watched the Kennedy and Matt Hardy or uh, Jeff Hardy promo the, thing last the, night on Raw. From last night. I just flipped it on, you know, I was surfing the channels and shit, and I just flipped it on, and I was like, oh, hey, it's Kennedy, so, and Jeff Hardy showed me last night that that man is a star, Jeff Hardy is a star. Yeah, he's he's been a star for a while, he's very popular, he's been, I'd say Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio are definitely the two people I can point out that are more popular, or seen as bigger stars than actually as they're seen as stars by the promotion. Well, all you got to do, you guys, you know, Matt, uh, KZ, I know you're a subscriber of the Observer. All you have to do, if you really want to look at how big somebody a star is, just look at the quarter hours. Look at the ratings. Look at how many people, look at Raw. Look look how many people that they add during a segment. and Look how many people they lose. It's amazing that I'll be reading, like, the TNA, and I'll read, uh, I don't want to bash anybody, but I'll read where such and such works such and such. Lost 125,000 viewers. <laughs> my, my, my impression would be as the booker, okay, we can't air that match again. Or we need to take them aside and work on what they're doing because that lost 125,000 viewers. That's a lot to me. I, th- I think it matters bottom line, like the, the pay-per-view buys you do, how many people actually want to pay for, to see the product. Right. What's the product? It's a, it's a, it's a crazy business, and even here on the Indies, it's, you know, especially down here in Texas. I mean, there's, PCW, is the top organization around here down right now, and I worked for them for a number of years, and I got nothing bad to say about them. I'm not working for them now. Their way of business and mine don't correspond. 
they like guys with bodies. Well, there's uh, XCW, right? XCW, who me and the promoter hate each other. Oh, really? He just well, whether whether you like them or not, I do like the product. Um, they are on they are on Mav TV right. for those few thousand that get that channel. Right. But yeah, that's pretty good stuff. And and Necro's you know an assistant with that company, and it's it's good stuff. You know, it's pretty good. Right. He used to be. He's not anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. He that ended pretty much after Radiator began, and I knew it wouldn't, and and I just knew that that Necro wasn't going to be appreciated. I, I'm not going to say anything bad about the company. The guy running it, I have my opinions about him for a different reason, but the company itself has done very well, and I have a lot of friends that work there, and I will never say anything bad about, you know, Seth Shai, Seth Shai, real good friend of mine, one of the, the probably top worker in Texas today, if you ask me. He's been in the PWI 500 a number of years. He was mine when I was running another organization called NAWA. Um, KZ, I sent you a DVD of one of our shows. Oh, yeah. And Lenny Lane. As our champion, Seth Shai was the longest heavyweight champion. The guy is awesome. He he is a top star over there, and I just can't, I can't I won't say anything bad about any organization. I won't bash any organization because they are trying. Hey, they're running. Exactly. They're running. You got to give them that respect. They it now nowadays for an independent company to run a fucking show, it takes a set of stones. Mhm. You know, and you got to give them that respect. I do. I hands down. Hands down. I've tried to get shows together and run them again. It's just really hard down here now. Um, you know, I'm probably I'm I'm going to hang it up next April, and I'm going to stop being an active competitor because uh, it'll be ten years. And I just I wanted to reach ten years. I wasn't supposed to last one. The some of the guys around here. So for me to make it ten. And done all the shows I've done, and done all the hardcore matches and lasted. That's a big deal to me. So I think after that, I can disappear off to the sunset. I can be an agent. All the young, some of the young guys look up to me already, and they'll listen, they'll talk to me, and they'll ask me, "Hey, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that?" Saturday night, I had four hours to kill before my match, considering it was the main event. Now, I was pretty psyched about being in the main event on Saturday night. Until I got there and figured out there was four hours before me. At that point, I would have volunteered to be the curtain jerker. But, you know, whatever. Whatever's good for the show. So I, I sat there and I watched the show. And I talked to pretty much everybody there. And, they, and you know, these guys that only have a few matches, they were coming up to me saying, hey, you know, um, you got any advice for me? And I just tell them what I thought. And, some guys listen, and they'll pull up a chair, and they'll soak everything in. Some guys will be like, yeah, okay, that guy knows what he's talking about. I'm going to go over here. You know, but I'll, I'll never turn my back to somebody. If they, if they want to talk to me, they want to know what I think, I'll tell them. If they use it, great. If not, no big deal. You know, anybody well, anybody in the locker room, maybe they, maybe they don't belong there. But as far as I'm concerned, it's not my show. I'm not one of these veterans that just bitches at you for no reason. You're there for a reason. As long as you don't disrespect anybody back here in my presence, and as long as you don't walk back here thinking you're the next Shawn Michaels, then I don't have a problem with you, and I'll talk to you about anything. Well, this past weekend, you you were headlining a show. You worked Texas Red. Yes, sir. How many times have you worked Mr. Red? Seems like you you two are married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we 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 worked each other a lot, and it's funny. Last year, it's I was the NGW Heavyweight Champion, the organization that we worked on Saturday, right. and he beat me on a show, headlined. Check this out, Casey's gonna love this. It featured the return of the legendary Iceman King Parsons. <laughs> so. You had Iceman King Parsons there, Rodney Mack was there, and we were in the main event, and I just was marking out so much. And I remember Iceman came up to me. He said, so you're the man here, huh? I said, why do you say that? He said, you're the champ. And I, I looked at him, and I said these words. I said, hey, man, you know, it bees that way sometimes. And he laughed. <laughs> Did he pop? Oh, yeah, he popped. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, Dave. No, he beat me. He beat me last year for the heavyweight title, and then I took some time off to heal because I was hurting. 
And uh, we did a lot of stuff that night, and then I came back just a couple months ago, and they went ahead and decided to do the Remax at the Haunted House Saturday night, and it began at midnight. And I remember I marked out afterwards because I was like, you know what? I've never wrestled a match at midnight. So that was kind of cool. Of course, I'm on the way home. I was bitching the whole time because I'm not as young as I used to be, and I'm like, damn, man. <laughs> how how is Iceman doing? Is is he how's his health and he he looked he looked very much at ease. He looked very relaxed. He was very happy to be there. He talked to everybody, took pictures. He was just very happy to be there. So from that token, from what I saw, he looked very peaceful, very healthy, and just very glad to be back. That's cool. Iceman's always been a favorite of mine. You know that day. Oh yeah. Um, we're running a little short on time here, uh, so I I want to give you uh, you know the platform, David, to get out your plugs, your MySpace and email addresses and whatnot. Um, I'm pretty sure that there are people that want to get that early Necro Butcher in Texas DVD from you. Okay. Uh, so shoot out your email address and your um, MySpace and whatnot. Okay, well, my, my official website is www.vengeance, V-E-N-G-E-A-N-C-E, dot the letters GQs and Gentlemen's Quarterly, dot N-U. That's my official website. It hasn't been updated in a while. I'm going to go update it this week. I'm actually doing something again. Uh, coming out with the new Vengeance David Fuller 10-year commemorative T-shirts. That should be in in November. You can order those online through my MySpace, which is myspace.com slash David. K Keith F Fuller Crib C R I B. My email address is dominant D O M I N A N T D F at yahoo.com. I have the I am in control of the IHW video library, which consists of many shows featuring Rodney Mack, Jazz, Spanky, Necro Butcher, the Kongs from WCW, um, the NAWA video library, which consists of Lenny Lane, Jazz, Joey Corman, Seth Shai, myself and uh, the Necro Butcher DVD as well, and a lot of other shows and stuff. So, Yeah, I if, if I were any of you guys listening, I would go out of your way to get that Necro, Necro Butcher DVD. It's got the, the Richards matches, the first couple, right? Demon? Yep. Yeah, that's good stuff, got man. Got a match with, with Devin Hellhammer versus Awesome and Crusher Kong, who hadn't teamed up. Who, who reunited at our show, at IHW one-year anniversary show. They had not teamed up since they were in WCW. That was their first show back together against Necro Butcher and his partner, Hellhammer. Uh, good stuff. And there's also there's a hot stuff Fernandez, a couple hot stuff Fernandez matches on there with Necro. Exactly. That's From good Texas stuff. Store, yes. You would think that the, the, the contrast in styles wouldn't work, but it did. For I, I don't know what the hell uh, Necro does, but <laughs> he pulled it off. I don't understand, but he, the Necro is definitely an anomaly in this business, I'll tell you. Definitely. And it's been my pleasure to uh, associate with these guys over the last 10 years, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Well, Dave, uh, the next the next time you have a show coming up, you let me know. We'll get you back on. Um, the next time you run a show or, or you're appearing on a show, um, hit me up, and we'll get you back on the show. Great. From what I hear, uh, a lot of people are wanting to hear this. So, you know, it's, it's a pleasure having you on, brother. Thank you. And I will be much. in contact. Thank you very much, guys. I greatly appreciate it. KZ, it's always a pleasure dealing with you. i well, I got to put you over real quick. KZ, when, when I first broke into the, to the Crazy Max world, a lot of people didn't take me very seriously. KZ was one of the first guys to step up, actually have conversations with me, talk to me. I can't say enough good things about KZ. He's actually a decent human being, which you can't find nowadays. So, greatly appreciate you, KZ. You're the man. Thank you, sir. I will be talking to you, Dave. All right, y'all have a good night. All right, brother. Thank you, Sky. You take care, buddy. You take care. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun, Guy. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. We had some good times. Well, we have about a minute to go, so I'm going to plug the show for for this Saturday. Um, It's a change of time. This Saturday's show will be at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Is that all right with you guys? Yeah, dude, that sounds good. Okay, cool. Yeah, so 12 p.m. Pacific time this Saturday. We're going to have uh, USWA Memphis job guy 
Tony Myers on the show. Tony has got all kinds of stories and, and good stuff. Um, this is going to be part one of two interviews. Uh, we're going to have to have him on twice because he's got a, a lot of stuff to plug. So the first, the first show is going to be what he's currently doing. And then the second show, we'll, we'll be talking about the Memphis, uh, Memphis run that he had. So uh, we're coming down to the last 20 seconds. Guy, it was a pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure, man. I had a good time. Cool. I will talk to you and everybody else on Saturday. Thanks for uh, checking out Rebel Guard Radio. Hold air, bitches. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.